Good morning, good morning, St. Paul. This is your Ambuji Foodie, Wesley Wright. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's a wonderful Saturday morning. Okay, I always say it's a wonderful Saturday morning. It's you snowing. Know it's snowing. Let's be real. <laughs> My guest is being a clown. <laughs> I'll introduce him in just a moment. But uh, once again, I want to thank you so much for tuning in to 104.7 uh, WEQY FM. It's snowing. Uh, okay, it snowed. Uh, and I'm not happy about it. I don't think anybody's happy about it. But you are here with me this morning, uh, and I am grateful and thankful for that. So first and foremost, let me give you information on if you'd like to talk to me or my guest, who I'll be introducing shortly. Uh, but the telephone number to reach us here at the radio station is 651-200-3479. Again, that's 651-200-3479. And you know, because this is a food show, we're talking about food, but you know, there's always some subject that might come up, uh, social issues, of course, um, anything with food justice or food equality, um, within the community. Those are things that I'm, I am passionate about. I'm definitely want to share as well as the different places that I've gone to that, you know, is in our neighborhood. And uh, I'd like to share with the community. So as always, you could always follow me on Facebook, which is the unbougie foodie. Uh, on Instagram, which is the underscore unbougie foodie. And then, of course, you know, there is Twitter, which is at unbougie foodie. And always I'm going to you know, promote myself. <laughs> www.theunbougiefoodie.com. That is my website where you'll be able to check out uh, past articles as well as past um, episodes of the show. Uh, but let's get started. Uh, let me first introduce my guest and Milton that was a long way I mean I was really patient you were I, I know really patient. Milton de Jesus uh my dude <laughs> I call him my dude anyway uh friend of the show Confidant. friend yes spiritual advisor mentor <laughs> no honestly he really is i mean he's you know you have to have individuals around you that uh encourage you and support what you do so yeah he's here for that yeah uh, not here today. today not today but it's he's Obviously here for support advising today you're crazy <laughs> center your chakra a little bit <laughs> okay what i think i'm gonna do is give you another mic Oh, that mic doesn't work. No, it it does work. He's he's just a little bit more relaxed when it comes down to yeah. I sound a little tinny, otherwise. Yes, exactly. Unless you'd like to sit a little bit closer to the mic. Really? <laughs> Thank you. Seeing this close to something. Oh gosh. In my face, uncomfortable. You remember this is a show. Uh, this is a clean food show. I kept it. I'm talking about it. <laughs> talking about a clean food show anyway all right so uh i want to you know he is here because he enjoys food too and he has a great sense of how to say uh food knowledge <laughs> he's been to places that i would like to go like uh cuba uh 
and other let's talk about that uh, that well that's um that's why i said good bad or indifferent or whatever this is this is your experience so i really want to kind of like uh, ask you to share about your experience on that um but and we'll get to that in just a moment but you like coffee and coffee i remember when we were having a conversation you were like we need to talk about coffee i mean we could talk that about might be a couple of episodes well but the, i want to hear your a few of your your thoughts and right. ideas right. in reference to that so yeah. now that spring is coming the thing that's on my mind anytime the snow starts melting is my coffee changeover oh, so boy. fall and winter i go with espresso but kind of spring and summer <clears throat> my motto is if it's hot don't drink stuff hot right you gotta drink something cold so cold press i start my cold press season where i just make my own home brew and uh, a lot of people don't know or understand cold press okay and uh you know if you were to research it online it will give you a, a high level overview of this is how you make cold press it's it's a longer process to do it right. You really need to do it overnight. Okay. And it involves basically soaking uh, ground beans uh, in water room temperature. So never get heated up. Interesting. And then you remove the bulk of the uh, husk and then um, strain the rest. And then I usually let it sit again overnight and restrain it because there's additional sediment that'll fall. Okay. I, I like mine. With, with very little sediment. So, um, but the proportions of water to coffee, that's something that is really the secret sauce. And that depends on the type of bean you use. You know, you want to use Kona, you want to use Colombian, you want to use Lamanita. It depends on what you want to use okay. and uh, the mixes that you like to find your personal brew. But the nice thing I like about cold press is, hey, you know what? It's cold, first off. You know, you put it in the fridge and you're starting your day off with your same caffeine rush, but cold press, because it's not heated up, you get a very uh, gradual, I don't even say it's necessarily gradual, you get a very uh, sustained coffee uh, awakening. Okay. Hot coffee to me, whether it's drip or let's say espresso, it usually hits me sooner, and then I find Maybe I'll get a, a headache if I have too much. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's it's a uh, it's like a sugar high. You know, it, it crashes. To to that point, though, I mean, especially that last point. Um, how true is it that they're saying that coffee can be addictive? Oh, well, I mean, yeah. Coming from a person depending that likes your, coffee yeah, or whatever, depending on your physiology, right? Okay. Because we all have different addictive potentials. Some people, we do, right? Some people could start smoking and stop immediately some can't stop right so we all have that uh, physiology differential um, I could go several days without coffee my dad if he doesn't have coffee he starts getting a headache mm. so you know people are very different in that and we've heard well okay I've experienced and yes jokingly someone would say you can't talk to me uh -oh. Yeah, your mic's crapping out. Sure is. Wow. Uh, I don't know what happened there. <laughs> Gremlins in the wires. I think so. Um, uh, as I was saying, I 
you know, we've heard jokingly that, you know, people say that don't talk to me until I have my coffee. Sure. Some folks really do get upset or or you can't approach them, you know, in, in the morning or something. Well, and that's their first problem is what? that that they're borderline antisocial people in the first place. Okay. They, they need, See, okay, they need well, to, then. They need to empower themselves by getting the proper homebrew. All right. <laughs> If they're waiting to, to oh. drink the crap coffee at work to wake up, well, they already messed up their day in the, in the beginning. All right? And I'm having problems with my mic again. They need okay. to be self-aware of their disability. Okay. okay. And stupidity. I'm just saying. If they know that they have so much trouble waking up. Don't be mean. Well, then isolate yourself. No one wants to deal with your crabby butt in the morning either. Okay. okay so I, I got to say uh, that... Uh, and aside from him being supportive and so forth, he is also a clown <laughs> and a comedian. I'm so, being serious. I mean, yeah. So we all know we all have disabilities. Take, take we all have different disabilities. With a grain of salt, I mean, he's really he's bringing it back. He's he's dialing it back and and everything. I'm not telling you to dial it back. Oh, I'm just you're, saying that. You're telling you, me. To no, dial I'm it not. Back. And I don't like to be controlled. I know you don't. Anyway, I quit school because of recess. Oh, you know I don't play. Lord. <laughs> yuck! 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 <laughs> This is not a comedy hour. Fine, yeah, maybe it can be, but we need to bring it back to food and we're our talking topic. about coffee. We are talking about coffee. But it's a social thing, right? Yeah. Coffee is a social thing. It's just like smoking is a social thing, right? Why do you see smokers huddle together? Yeah, yeah. Because they like to do something social. They like to be social. They're probably some of the more sociable people. So if that's the case, are you saying that coffee that coffee drink yes, okay. I'm probably answering my own question yeah. because I'm saying the question I was about to ask is is that the reason why people hold together when they're drinking coffee or whatever in groups? Well, that you know, there's Starbucks, people sit there in the coffee shops and so forth, or they go to whatever coffee shop and just to be around other people. That's the key. We have very few places in society today where we can go and socialize as we want to, as we need to, right? right. Facebook allows us to do that to a certain point, Blah. right? Yes. Uh, but I think there's a there's going to be a, a wider backlash against social media because we realize it's fake socialization, right? Mm. Because you have a lot of fake friends on there. Yeah. People want to say things on, on Facebook, and then if somebody, in, even in their friends list, that disagrees with it, oh, if you don't like what I say, then don't respond well you know what if you're if you're, you're so sensitive and fragile that somebody can't challenge what your your free speech out right then don't put it out there but it's the same thing so i think there's a backlash against that kind of fake socialization and so that people want to go somewhere authentic right and that's why homegrown food is not a big thing neighborhood exactly. food, you know so people want that local connection exactly and i think people want to be able to choose in as well where can i socialize and there's a very few places that you can do that as an adult outside of work right mm -hmm. you see these people you're tired of these people whatever else right. you have to be fake so where can i choose the level of of interaction and a coffee shop's a great way to do that and, and you know you can just people watch or you can actually engage a conversation with somebody that you don't know and and we'll probably find out you don't like. <laughs> Rather than saying, find out there might be someone you, hey, you might have something in common. You're both having some type of you're coffee. You're both drinking. That's, that's, you're that's having your coffee. Common. And you could ask them, hey, what, what kind of coffee are you having? It's or what are you drinking? Thing, it's the same thing for the bar, right? The bar is another socialization spot. But alcohol has a very different taboo from coffee. Right. So the same people, well, I'd say the same and or different people that like the coffee hangout. 
there, there's a similar mindset for people that like to go to the bar, not to get blasted, but they like to go there because everybody knows them, right? Yeah. They like the atmosphere, whatever else. Uh, and, and the booze is just a secondary boost to it all. True. Right? Very true. So uh, bringing that back to the coffee piece. Yes. Right? Um, I'm excited right now because as it gets warmer, I'm thinking more of cold press. And what am I going to do differently? And, and oftentimes what I'll do is I'll do something different uh, and I'll provide to coworkers, I'll provide to family and friends, uh, you know, some people at church, whatever else. <clears throat> uh, and actually our, um, our worship pastor um, has a, an issue where the acidity from coffee is bothering his, oh. his voice. Okay. Right? So he had to cut down coffee. So I think he still drinks pop, which is more acidic. But cold press, actually, the, especially the way I do it, is, is far less acidic than espresso or or uh, drip coffee. Okay. So, you know, some people, it's a heartburn thing, whatever else. Um, so it's just, a, it's just a nice change. And it's, it's definitely... A different taste. Someone said, "Oh, why would I want to drink cold press? That's like coffee that's been brewed, and you know, you let it get cold." Yeah, yeah. No, it's not the same thing. It's not even close. And, and anybody that uh, does something like that, yeah, you, you don't know what you're talking about or doing. Right. If if uh, if your idea of cold coffee is let my coffee that I just brewed, let me put in the the fridge. If you like that taste, then heaven help you, because that's disgusting. <laughs> But um, it, it, oh, so yeah, it, we it, have it, we it, have a caller. Give me one second, caller. I think the caller hung up. Hi, caller. Thanks so much for tuning in to WEQY 104.7. Uh, tell us your name and where you're calling from. Oh, my name is Beverly, and I'm calling from California. What's up, sister? I was going to say, isn't that your sister? And why in the world I is she waking up so early for this? Like, you, that's dedication. <laughs> that only comes from a sibling. That's right. Because she loved me. Too. That's right. Um, so I have a couple of things to say, but I really have a question. So I, to, to be kind, I'll say my question first. My question is, can you pair or do you pair coffee with food the way we do with wine? Yes. And Milton, I, I'm quite sure that you have a, a viewpoint on that. Yeah. It, and, it, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. And yep. before you answer, yep. I, I liked, the, you know, the social commentary and the connection between socializing and coffee. Uh, smoking fast for you, um, by the way. Um, but I think that even though on a larger scale it's true, people want to not do the fake socialization anymore, um, I don't think they're ready for it. And it's going to take a really big movement for people to actually walk up to someone in a um, a coffee house and say, hey, what brew what, what are, are you drinking? Or, hey, do you come here often? People will run and hide and start tweeting that, oh, my God, this freak walked up to me, and, you know, what do I do now? So I, I believe it's true. It's a big, you know, has been in the past, a big, you know, way of socializing, but I don't think everybody's ready for it. I'm going to actually take that, that second point first. Okay. There has to be uh, a social maturity that we need to see develop in the United States in particular. And, and 
that's going to require us being able to have very difficult conversations uh, with people that have very different viewpoints, right? And be able to do it in a respectful way. That's something that social media has allowed us to get away with being disrespectful to people because we don't see them face to face and they can't come and punch us. <laughs> but the, the, oh, the social ills we have today, right? We could actually, I think, come to a, uh, an agreement that uh, lawmakers have been able to do if we as a people are able to come together and have that dialogue in a respectful fashion. Unfortunately, we're not there yet as a people. And, and we may never be there as a society. There are some other places that can do that right. and, and, and have gotten further in that way. But um, it depends on where you're at. It depends on where you're at that, that strangers can come up to you and, and talk to you and it, it, it's not awkward. But College towns, I think, a very good example of that. Okay. That, that people have been able to do that. But is that in just like the United States or are we talking about other countries or because... You, you got to start at home. Right. No, that's true. Uh, and I, I hear your point. But, uh, you know, when it comes down to going to visit another country or someone from, an, you know, we're visiting that person's country, uh, country yeah. um, and they're like, hey, there's someone new that I've never seen before, yeah. whatever. It seems like they're more apt to reach out to you and ask, hey, where are you from? And yeah. so on and so forth. When I've gone to New York. Right. I've tried to talk to people just like strike up a conversation. Right. Ice and daggers, you know, but I go down <laughs> Who's south. Who's this crazy guy? <laughs> I go down south and I have somebody laughing with me and, you know, in just a couple of minutes and there's that. Interchange. Closest, right. Exactly. And, and, Isn't and so, it wonderful? It is. It's almost like a drug. It's like a cup of coffee. Yeah. Really? You bring you it back? Thank you. wonder what's wrong with other parts of America that are so standoffish and so scared to have the interaction because you know, those are the same places where they're also unable and unwilling I think to have some of these very difficult conversations um, about social issues today yep. uh, without do we find that here it. different parts of Minnesota same okay thing. sister what do you think uh, about Los Angeles do you find that that his point um, that he was just making applies to Los Angeles or you've it, there are certain areas within Los Angeles that you can sit down, have a conversation, uh, you know, someplace at a coffee shop. No, they what? say not to make eye contact with crazy people. And <laughs> I'm one of the crazy people. So it's really hard to ask me, you know, if that's okay. Or if, you or, or if, what, what, I am. And as far as this topic is concerned, where someone can make eye contact with me and we can laugh about the weather or about their shirt or about my hair, you know, um, and not, it not be weird or awkward. It almost seems more awkward for me to walk into a huge social setting like, you say, Target or Walmart and not speak to anyone just because you didn't come there with them. You know what I mean? That is so weird to me. So I'm, I might not be the right person to ask. We'll save that question. about being seen and not heard. Well, not, to a degree. Okay, to a degree, to a degree. I'm going but to I'm downtown LA. I, I, I'm downtown LA. And I think some people just need to be shaken. Like, you know, they could be walking with their head down or walking with their eyes into their phone or walking their dog and make sure not to step in poop. But if someone raises their head and makes eye contact with them, at least they smile and say, hey, you know, have, have I, oh, you're an artist. Oh, okay, great. You know, nice seeing you. And just keep going and not make it awkward. I just think we have to do it more. 
Understood. Did he? Uh, did, were both of your questions no, answered? I didn't or, answer okay, it, yeah. answer the other the one. The second one was a social statement. Yes. I decided to go out to the social statement first because that was more interesting the, to me than, than the discussion. So the first thing what? to me is a um, a temperature okay. issue between what I'm eating and what I'm drinking. Okay. So, and I think that's why some people have a hard time that might be wine drinkers. Uh, maybe they want, you know, they, they go for a chilled wine versus room temperature. Someone else has maybe a mixed drink and they want it cold. I, I think you have to be aware of the temperature of what you're drinking and what you're eating. Because if they're vastly different, they're going to fight each other. Rather than the taste? Because I think... Before temperature. Okay. Temperature before taste. The reason why is you, your taste buds in your mouth react to the temperature. If you're having something very cold, why is it you don't taste it as much as something very warm? Because your taste buds close like your pores. So oftentimes if you're gonna give your child something nasty, right, some nasty medicine, <laughs> you put it in the fridge. Do you? Yeah, that's the easiest way because they're not gonna taste it as much as if it's warmer. Oh, you know, actually that kind of makes sense. So when you remember gonna, they yeah. used to keep our medicine in the door of the yes. refrigerator? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, keeping something cold or drinking something cold when you're eating warm food, it's going to mess with how you're able to taste what you're eating. Mm. You're messing up that flavor flow, flavor, flavor, pro, that profile, right? Because, you know, you're icing your tongue in your mouth, your, your uh, nasal passages too, right? Because whatever temperature your mouth is, the nasal passages are affected. So you're affecting everything by drinking that ice beverage, that margarita, whatever else, you're, you're impacting the food. It's the question I've often had where people are smoking and eating at the same time. I'm like, how can you enjoy what you're eating when you're smoking at the same time? It baffles me. Uh, like it, it, it throws me off completely. And I mean, I've tried it and I'm like, yeah, I can't even do this. Like it doesn't even make any sense to me. Let me just enjoy one thing at a time. But I'll see people, you know, they're having coffee, they're smoking, and they're eating all at the same time. I'm like, wow, that's... I'm, I'd be confused. Yeah, I'd be right? totally confused. How do you avoid even eating the cigarette? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I get for, that, though. I like that, what you're saying about the temperature and stuff. Yeah, the temperature is the why first does thing. My cold, why does my cold coffee taste better with something that's a little more sweet than my coffee? Mm -hmm. It dumps down the sweetness or, like, balances it. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, mm. so for me, that's that's the first part of the question is because we're all not everybody's a super taster, right? Let's you have to figure out for you warm or cold beverage with your meal, and and I am different for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Oops. Lunch, I like to have something colder okay. with my food. Dinner, I like to have something warmer. Do and you? breakfast depends on the meal. When you say warmer for uh, for dinner, uh, mm -hmm. are we talking about like? I'm just gonna say a, yeah. a cocktail, or or we're, are we still talking about coffee here, or we're still talking about food? Okay, no, I understand. Well, the coffee thing is is part of that, right? But um, it it may be even coffee. Okay, it may be let's say a little espresso with oh, my dessert. Got you, right? Uh, versus I might have a room temperature wine with my steak or pasta. I'm, right, I get you. So yeah. that's what I'm saying. Just depending on the time of the day and the type of meal that I'm having, the temperature of my beverage, I might switch up. So that's the first thing. Before I even go into or even would consider <clears throat> maybe the, the type of coffee or, you know, like origin, uh, 
the first thing I would look at is uh, what type of temperature of beverage works best for me for a particular type of meal. So, so for me, like if I'm having eggs, like the thing I've been doing later late, lately is this, uh, it's like a sunny side up egg, but with a twist. And I find that very specific temperature of coffee works great. And I like coffee that's maybe in an 80 degree range. Okay. So if I brew espresso, I like to let it sit for a good 20 minutes to really cool down right. before I have it with my eggs. Um, because I find that when the coffee is too warm, it throws off the the flavor. And I like, I like the coffee to kind of, doesn't really cleanse your palate because it, it, it adds a new coating to your tongue. Right. But um, it prepares me then for that next bite. Those sensory uh, receptors and, and mm-hmm. your taste buds and everything are then heightened. And like you said, expecting that next, that different flavor or taste that it's a, that it's about to encounter. Right. I think that's probably it too. And that that's, makes That's makes the sense. next piece within the food. Uh, my challenge would be mm-hmm. to rather than using one type of seasoning for your food, cook your, your meal, but basically do it in halves. Interesting. So let's say if you're just uh, browning some uh, some steak, not steak, let's say ground beef or pork, whatever else, right? <clears throat> do it in two parts. First part, do one, do one type of seasoning. Okay. All right. Set that aside. Do your next bit. Do a different type of seasoning. Your mouth goes nose blind as well. Okay. So during a meal, right, you can have the exact same thing, like same same exact type of meat, but um, meat, carb, whatever else. But if you switch up the the seasonings that you use just very slightly, um, it's going to enhance that meal. And it's going to feel like you're eating two Two meals versus one. (laughs) Because your taste buds are going like, wait, what? I just had this. Wait, something now different. Hold on. (laughs) But if you want to talk about portion control, easy way to do portion control Mm. like that, but just by switching up your seasoning. Interesting. And so then, then you're playing you're, you're you're playing a game with your mouth like oh yeah this is the curry this is you know this is the jerk and you're able to like play with it and it's almost like you're having several different meals but you realize hey I actually just so controlled cool. my portion exactly I just made it a little different sister did that answer your question absolutely <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thanks so much for your phone call as always you know I love you thanks uh, for the support. Thanks for waking up. <laughs> no problem. Thank Love you. you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Oh, she just went like stone quiet. She's like, these fools just want to talk. I, maybe <laughs> I had a follow-up question. <laughs> Good luck getting asked. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> no. Thank you so much, uh, caller, my sister from Los Angeles, as always. Um, you know, that we went, we dove right into the conversation. I mean, we're all, what almost half an hour in. And I didn't. I always give or ask my guests to tell them a little bit about themselves and everything. And you don't have to go into very much detail, but just confirm with folks what I said, that you really are a foodie as well. I mean, we've we've hung out on a social level. Um, at first, we, we, we met at work um, through uh, just a, a, a company network or whatever that we have. Right. Uh, and there were there were different places we always try to pick various places uh, that offer different cuisines and so forth and we're always going and doing that no, well not always i changed that we've done it many times mm-hmm. um and we talked about food we talked about the different types of foods and so forth and just 
can you give a little yeah, so a bit more about my, yourself? I mean, my my food related background is, is I'd say more limited than anything else, uh, and experimental in that. But that's what this show is about. Yeah, yeah. So um, my my love of food came just from a necessity where I was home alone for very long periods of time in the evening. I had two older sisters; they were out of the house. My both my parents worked. My mom worked with my dad, so. I had to get creative about what I wanted, mm. and I developed a, a cheese addiction like early on. <laughs> I mean, like to the point that even if I didn't have chips in the house, I, I figured out a a cheese pancake type of oh my thing that that's what I would just eat. Just yeah, just I would go through that that block block of mozzarella like you know it was nothing. Mm. <clears throat> and thank God I have just you know a ridiculously high metabolism. Um, I don't like you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Um, but you know, that's kind of where it started. And then it was, uh, I'll give some props to my mom because so we're Puerto Rican, you know, that's just, a uh, the mud of the Caribbean pretty much, right? Seven different ethnicities. You look at, you know, both of my parents are Puerto Rican. You look at pictures of like their siblings and family and we go from dark as night to, you know, white as a sheet. So it, it's. It, Only he could say that. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's a very diverse group of people. Um, and, and the food's pretty diverse, too. But, you know, my mom was the kind of person that in, if she went shopping, she would inevitably forget half of the ingredients of anything that she was planning on making, right? Her lists were awful. She couldn't even read her list half the time. So good luck ever having the right ingredients for anything. All right? That's what you're there for. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't read them either. What? I mean, it, it, it made doctors, you know, handwriting look, you know, uh, like calligraphy. So um, it, inevitably, half the the right ingredients were out there. So there was always a substitution. Mm-hmm. You know, pancakes were a sad affair <laughs> at our house half the time. So I just got accustomed to experimenting with food and, and trying out different things. And eventually, I just developed, you know, a repertoire of things that I did exceptionally well. I could, I, could, I could cook them with a number of different ingredients, a number of different ways, you know, from, from camping to a, you know, a gas stove, whatever. So, um, though electric stoves are still kind of my kryptonite. They're, they are mine. I mean, it's that, that temperature I, control thing. Hot, it doesn't tell me really uh, what that temperature is. And plus, that's, sometimes, that's you know, you're, unfortunately, if your pans are not totally flat or something like that, it some areas of your pan, you know, especially on these those electron electrical uh, ones, the coils, it's uneven. It only heats one part of the pan when, uh, you know, one pan seems to be hotter. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I diverge on that, but that's a that's a whole other that could be a radio show right there. Uh, just exactly electric. the difference between uh, how, what would be With gas and electric. Yeah, gas well, and electric. That, we'll, we'll dive in that for a, a quick second. I think what most stoves are missing, even some of these high end wolves that I've been looking at, is that it's not telling me what the temperature is at the flame. Mm. That's what I want to know. And, and you know, I thought I invented something in my head last week, and that was a pan that told me the temperature. Uh oh. And then I started Googling it, and you know what? There are tons of patents out there from like the 80s where there is a, uh, a temperature gauge within the handle of a pan. Oh. Or, or some type of pan. Really? I found some out there. They're smaller pans, they don't really look very high end, but I'm tempted to actually start buying a f- couple and trying it because 
to see if it really thing. works. That's the main thing for me is I want to know what temperature I'm at because certain things, it needs to be spot on. But that's what's missing for me on most ranges is that <clears throat> yeah, um, without going super techy to where you're like punching in the temperature that you wanted at, right? right. I just want to be able to know. And hot on one range versus another one, completely different. Right, Cause, but even gas, it's gas side by side, is because it's going to depend on well how much gas is actually getting pumped out, because mm. that's going to determine your flame, right? Um, so, anyways, going back to the food thing, there's a science behind all of this. Yeah, right. So, uh, I just developed this love for cooking, and a couple of things that my mom used to do really well at lasagnas. So, um, and then I don't know for whatever reason she just got to a point where she couldn't even really do a lasagna. Uh, so is it because she didn't want to, or I just break down. Oh, Honestly, okay. I, you know, just at a certain point, any lasagna she made was just like this. There's not, that's not the same. Right. It's okay. not right. Yeah. And so and then everybody stopped asking because it used to be, everybody was asking for it all the time. Right. And it just got to a certain point. Like no one would ask for it at all. Even the kids like, yeah, it just, there's something off. So, um, I just started with the foods I really liked. So pizza, lasagna, quesadillas, uh, French toast, um, uh, grilled cheese, BLT. Like, there's a certain All things. All involving cheese. Oh, uh, you right? <laughs> there's a certain, there's, there's, a, there's a commonality there. So there's certain things that I just started perfecting. Mm -hmm. like, I know how to do this better than anybody else. And I would, I would I'd order it a number of different places. Right. You know, I probably had every quesadilla that every restaurant in the Twin Cities has to offer and probably beyond. And I can say without a doubt, my quesadillas are 10 times better than anything that's out there. Okay. No matter from, from the nicest restaurant I've been to, uh, even in New York, their, their quesadillas could not compare. And everybody that's had them, they're like, this is the best quesadilla I've ever had. And what? people that say that they are you know, quesadilla connoisseurs, oh, yeah, mine's really good. Once they have it, they're like, yeah, they can't touch it. But mine has about eight different kinds of cheese. Okay, that's what I was about to ask. You know, Without giving anything away, you know. It's, it's, it's the your type secrets. Of, it's a type of cheese. It's the mouthfeel, mm -hmm. uh, definitely the ingredients. Um, each each piece of the quesadilla is prepared separately, and then at the end, it's put together. Put it all together. Even yeah. how I do the tortilla. Okay. Um, so, yeah. What type One, of tortilla? That's the whole thing, too. Okay. So, um, the... <laughs> You're not going to tell Oh, me. I'm not going to tell <laughs> I'm not going to I'm like, I, you don't have to give away any type of real that's, secret, because the secrets I'm are away. within... I've already oh, given, Lord. I've given away as much as I'm going to give away. <laughs> but... My you dang, know, not once, even the, uh, once you develop your own your your own style, you know you can go from there. So, anyways, I had this dream for a long time, and I still do, uh, of opening my own restaurant, and it's evolving now with my five year plan of moving out of the Twin Cities, mm -hmm. going to the Caribbean, and and that's where my that's my five year plan. So that's that's already in motion, and that's where it's going. Do you have anyone that you would like to probably have as a taster to some of these cuisines, aside from your own family members? Because oh, well, sure. you know, there's well, always someone that about. we need to have a little podcast, to your show that we do a little cooking, and yes. then then I can you know do some of these abbreviated things, and we'll have some you know some critics in there to yeah. you know, <laughs> taste it and critique, and you know if they don't like it, then I'll take them out back. Yeah, exactly. It's like where they went down to the Caribbean and they never came back. It's like, yeah, well, you know, they said some things that were incorrect. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so then for a while there, I decided I, I've been in, you know, financial industry for, since college really. And, uh, I, I decided to get out of it 
and um, the easiest thing to get in kind of food coffee because I love coffee was mm-hmm. caribou. So uh, managed my own caribou for a bit, and I realized way less pay and way more work. Mm. I mean, I was working way more hours. You know, part of it is a pride thing is that, you know, uh, it had to be clean, it had to be done right, of course. prepping, whatever else. And, you know, um, college students, a lot of other people just think, hey, this is just coffee. Well, you know what? When this is the first interaction somebody has of the day, it's not just coffee for them. Right. This is how their day is going to go. And see, that, uh, I think that brings to the point why you are able to speak to coffee with such. Um, such bigger (laughs) and experience and everything i know a lot less than a lot of other people that i work with i mean right some of those people like we're all about let me show you this you know beautiful latte with the foam Mm -hmm. you know i never got into the artistic piece of it okay you know uh that to me was a little more foo-foo on the on the far end i could appreciate a cup um I understand the the nuances, but I think a lot of what what differentiated me was I was experimenter more on the beans and then the roasting, okay. doing my own roast, whatever. And a lot of people, you know, they're already buying roasted beans. They're like, oh yeah, I'm trying this new, you know, Ecuadorian coffee, whatever else. I'm like, yeah, did you roast it yourself? Well, no, it was already roasted. Well, then you don't really know anything. Okay. You know, you take a bean, or you go to origin, you get the bean, you roast it yourself in small batches. You really know what you're doing, right? Because um, you can take the same lot and you roast it a couple different ways. Again, temperature is key, right? But also environment of the beans. Um, How important is that? It can be, you know, the difference between, you know, I think life and death, as just far as from good to bad cup. Okay. When we're talking about um, some of those old origins, right? Mm-hmm. Why does African coffee taste so much different from South American? You, I remember this conversation. Yes, you know, and and this you can you can Google probably a lot uh, more detailed uh, information, but you know environment has a lot to do with it. So Africa, because of the limitations of water, that process is very different from the South American, right? Which is very water intensive. So the South American, and I'm just generalizing, right? Uh, coffee starts off as a fruit. It's a, it's a fruit, and then the bean is obviously the, the seed. Mm-hmm. So there is a mechanical process to strip away the fruit from the, the bean. Well, depending on how you do it and when you do it, that's going to affect the bean. Okay. You do it early, you might have a little bit more bitter bean. You okay. might have a little lighter It hasn't bean. matured. Uh, right. Yeah. You have mm-hmm. one that's overripe. Right. It's going to have a very different taste profile. It's just like the dirty secret for the grocery store <laughs> of they buy all their produce before it's ripe. Right. Makes sense. So if you've ever had vine-ripened tomatoes that you grew in your backyard, mm-hmm. that you grew in your house, whatever else, and you compare those to the most expensive ones you can get at Byerly's or wherever else, all right? Completely different. Yeah. Why? The number one secret why a restaurant's produce, their salads, whatever else, tastes better than what you have at home? Mm. Because it is. This, the junket you're eating from the grocery store, well, that was picked before it was ripe, mm. right? And then it was set in a car container. It was artificially brought to... You know, it's prime essentially in the in the store, and it's kept cold, whatever right. else, so that it keeps its temperature; it doesn't decay as fast. 
But you take something that was actually picked at the height of its prime, right. it's going to have a completely different, completely different taste profile. And, and that's that, not even talking about soil conditions or weather or you know anything else. And that says a lot too about. Um, buying local produce right. i think yeah. i mean uh, like you mentioned um because you know you know that it's it's not been sitting out somewhere or it, you know when you go to the farmer's market i i haven't really seen or maybe i not that they're wearing their chef's you know coat or whatever out at the farmer's market and say i'm picking this i'm picking that or maybe i don't know maybe i'm not up with them but i have they're the first ones there at the farmer's market well see they're that's there right when it opens and see that's what i'm thinking it's yeah. like you know people are setting up and they're already like uh yeah it's 6 30 and you guys open at uh eight i need to be there at 6 31 <laughs> you know they're, they're at six because they've already worked with all the vendors and, and so they, they already know yeah. and so that's what i'm saying uh, you know understanding and appreciating too that they are there to get those things that are uh, those the produce and even meats you know dairy items too um as soon as they have been picked if you would and i think that's also where the far i not i think i know that is where farm to table comes into the realm of food um, because people want that freshness they want that the difference of flavor and that they ha that they would have from the grocery store buying right. produce at the grocery right. store and that's so. what i think california does really well is that whole farm to table mm -hmm. movement unfortunately you don't think we do that minnesota does it here well, well or? they have the climate to do that well, right that's true. Very um, true but but unfortunately what california is too far behind on and probably too late mm. is figuring out the nature impact mm. in regards to the the ways that they produce the way that they farm okay um and the unfortunate water intensive process that they use and just not not being better conservationists that you know the farmers have been accustomed to abusing using, and using up resources more right, than ever right mm -hmm. and and not looking at those the impacts and, and unfortunately with the booms you have now in population it's too late mm. the, the farmers are too far behind in and it's going to be very cost intensive if for anybody to make this change and, and so the change is is really on the people oh yeah you can cut back on your water watering your lawn you have to um adjust washing your car you're going to have to put low flow faucets everywhere and you know all those things and 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 the municipalities are increasing their their taxes on the water because of that and then farmers yeah okay we're going to adjust your your water um accesses or whatever but it, i think it's too late for them and mm. that's what i look at the virgin islands and that's where i'm going the big piece is there um because you're surrounded by ocean you only have two water sources, rain or well. Okay. There's not a lot of wells. I mean, you might be lucky to, to have a well on your property, but not every part of the island's gonna have a, uh, a decent aquifer or, or, or part of aquifer. So capturing water off of your roof, thankfully it rains a lot. Yep. So then using those cisterns. Um, and that's something that, <clears throat> you know, you look at Minnesota, we have that ability but very few people utilize that. Um, certain states like uh, Oregon, it's illegal. That's it's illegal to to do that. Right. And, you know that that blows my mind. But thankfully, it's not illegal in Minnesota. But that that's the only piece of this 
farm to table that concerns me about Minnesota is that there's certain standards for um, commercial agriculture. Okay. What pesticides you can and cannot use, those types of things. The problem for me for farmer's market is what shortcuts is a small person that's growing in their backyard going to take? Taking, okay. Right? right? That we you're never going to know about. What pesticides are they using? Right. You know, uh, those types of things. That, that concerns me just as much. You know, is it good food? You know, it, it may be more fresh. Right. But is it is it really better food? Because there's a there's a lack of oversight there, um, and so the nonprofit that I'm starting is called Four Feet for Food, and uh, we haven't really had a chance to talk about this for a while. We haven't. Yeah. So that's um, exciting. Yeah. the The idea is there's a a type of agriculture called permaculture, mm-hmm. and so you're growing several different types of plants together. Yep. Right. Some plants, let's say, take out let's say certain nutrients, something to put it back in. Okay. All right. So you're getting away from this model that you're just growing corn and that's all you're doing is rows. Well, you may grow corn, you may grow beans Mm -hmm. and um, cabbages, and then you're going to do maybe some marigolds to keep away certain pests. Mm -hmm. You're going to do thyme and rosemary and majorum and lavender to keep out other pests. Um, you're going to have certain flowers to bring in bees right. and those things, right? Help with so, uh, pollination yeah, and so exactly. forth, yeah. And, and so this idea that you'll be amazed four feet by four feet what you can grow. That's And so then you incorporate a chicken. Hmm. A chicken, maybe a rabbit. Um, because you give a rabbit, for instance, uh, that rabbit can then eat most of your household veggie waste. Okay. So look at how much... You throw away when you're cooking veggies. It's a lot, right? Cucumbers, I'm taking off the skin okay. or, you know, whatever, celery, whatever else. Um, well, that's prime food for that rabbit. Wow. So now you just reduce the amount of waste you're putting in your garbage. It's even better than composting because that rabbit's going to compost. Boop. And that, that mm. rabbit manure now yep. is the best already, like, 90% done. Yeah. Like, literally, you can just move some dirt. Throw that in there every week. Move the dirt back over. You're going to improve even the worst soil conditions with it. So, my my initiative as as I'm developing to bring down the Virgin Islands mm-hmm. is is how to make people more self sufficient, right? Uh, and that starts with the water catchment and, and access to water and water quality. Because I think when you're more focused on that, you're going to be more focused on what chemicals am I using in my home for right. cleaning that kind of environmental pollution, you know, that we're creating in our homes, which is worse than any, you know, toxic, uh, toxicity levels that, you know, 3M's guilty of, or, you know, anybody else or allegedly guilty of. Um, Yeah, that special word. Yeah, we have more, uh, we cause more toxicity in our home than anybody else. Mm. Because we're actually bringing it in and spraying these different, using it and sheets, you know, washing our, Dishes, right. all of that kind right. of stuff. Yeah. And we're only testing right. what does this particular chemical do. do. We're not 
looking at the interactions of what do these 30 chemicals do together? together yeah that's the missing link as with any like medication too right. you know you can't there's a little know, bit more study on medication interactions. Of course, yeah. but you know, when you're doing when you're using cleaning products and so forth, there's there really isn't any. Gosh, I, I want to once again encourage you. Um, you know, if you're interested, please feel free to give a call into uh, the radio station. Um, topic is really. Yeah, it's really been great. Thank you very much, Milton. I appreciate well, it. You know, we can talk about anything. Uh, I know we can. <laughs> okay, but six five one two zero zero three four seven nine. Um, again, remember that phone number. Um, so that you, if you have a question or comment or even a suggestion or just want to join the conversation, um, please feel free. Um, you know, once again, it's six five one two zero zero three four seven nine. You're um, listening to the unbougie foodie <laughs> W E Q Y St. Paul. <laughs> Get on. Well, <laughs> some food. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to, before the time escapes us, you actually brought me two um, two gifts, if you would. Can you explain oh, what I've they... I've been promising this for a while. Yeah. Yeah, so, please. Um, he's he's I, an artisan. I like to make he's my an own artisan. seasoned olive oil and then my own separate kind of seasonings. So I would say... Again, probably true to my upbringing that there is a constant confusion in what I like oh. and what I will bring. Mm -hmm. So I would say my flavor profile is this uh, Afro-Caribbean with European sophistication. That's oh. how I would describe it. All right. All right. So um, we talked about herbs of Provence. Yes. Love it. All right. So I would say that that's usually a staple of... Anything that I do. Okay. All right. Either I purchase it or just develop my own. Yeah. Right. So, you know, if you add more rosemary or, you know, whatever else you want to yep. tweak it with, right? Depending on the season, depending on freshness. And then from there, um, I like curry, depending on, again, amounts. Um, and then uh, truffle essence. Nice. So either infused truffle oil or that truffle essence. Um, and then my own proprietary mix. So I like something Meaning that, that he's not going to tell nobody yeah, nothing. <laughs> yeah. So I like to keep the, the palate really confused. Okay. And um, what's interesting is that because of, again, temperature of your, your food, your drink, um, the timing of when you add your seasoning. Okay. That's a key piece that people all don't realize. I think when you're watching these cooking shows, I think they do a horrible job of explaining that okay and and oftentimes that's the difference between something that's that's good and something that ends up more bland is that when you're cooking certain things you um and that varies yeah yeah the the length of time and the temperature yeah right that and can, what can bring it in or you completely lose it mm -hmm. you know if people are talking about oh you want to start with the garlic great now you're going to add everything else to that well, you started right. with the garlic on high heat, even if you turned it down. Yeah. That garlic is still going to be the most the most cooked uh, yes. thing and potentially the most overcooked, right? And it's going to be much more in whatever it is that you are preparing. Right, right. And and maybe what you wanted was an essence of exactly. it. Exactly. And if you wanted the essence of garlic, well, then maybe you should have started with uh, salt that mm. has been infused with garlic. Mm-hmm. Versus why, why not try maybe a smaller um, 
maybe minced and maybe later on uh, in the actual dish itself? Or that does that also have some type of bearing on what, what you're trying to prepare, what you're preparing? Yeah. And, and it depends okay. on, again, is it store-bought minced? Did you just mince it yourself? Right. You know, those types of things. What's because your you, preference? Right. You have to, well, it depends, again, Okay. How, how prevalent do you want it to be? Indeed. Do you Indeed. want to be able to talk to people the next day? <laughs> or do you want to have them run? You know. Well, if you're having food together, you whatever, you're going to have to you understand. Right. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. going to be smelling like garlic or onions right. or shallots or whatever. Yeah. Right. So, um, and that's the same thing here is, um, you know, even if I made the same mix month after month. Right. It's going to have some, it, you're going to be hit with something different because... Uh, rather than let's say using garlic salt, mm-hmm. maybe I used uh, garlic that that I prepared and, and dehydrated. Um, maybe it is garlic infused um, oil that I that I added. So utilizing the same base kind of ingredient or flavor, we'll call it right, um, but changing how you're introducing it into the meal by the medium. Mm-hmm. Is it dried? Is it fresh? Is it in oil? Is it um, in a, um, a vinegar? Right. You know, there's so many different ways. Is it in a salt? There's so many ways you can introduce it that suddenly changes it. Man. You can take something very boring, like beans and rice, right? Exactly. And let's just tweak it a little bit, and you can make it completely different. Yep. Like you won't realize, is this really the same meal? Exactly. Well, hello. Uh, something as simple as either adding saffron to you know mm-hmm. a rice or to a, a meal or whatever. It's a hint of that, and you know you've had it one time before, and you're like, oh, this is good. And you, what's that other flavor? I, it's weird. I don't understand what it is. Right. And again, it's just adding one different type of herb or right. accent or whatnot, dude. We're out of time. We are like, seriously, yeah, we're <laughs> really at the top of the hour. Thank you so much for being here. Is there anything that you want to just kind of like give a shout out to somebody, you know, while you're on air? Anybody that um, might be listening. <laughs> you know, the one thing I was going to say is to Google Shoe Hunger. They're a local nonprofit. Okay. Uh, I worked with them in the past. Uh, essentially, uh, they take used tennis shoes, mm. maybe from Tough Mudder, maybe we collected, uh, we collected them at Wells Fargo, okay. other places. Um, they'll take these tennis shoes. If they can be cleaned up and resold, great, they'll do that, and they'll use the proceeds to um, buy basically bulk food to feed the homeless, people that are in need, children, whatever it may be. Do you, is there a um, website or anything yep, that you can tell? Yeah, Hunger. Okay. Work, I believe. Cool. Um, and then they... Uh, let's say your shoes are too far gone, mm. right? Well, they can send it to a recycler that will then take, let's say, the soles of the shoes, and that can be recycled to create that uh, rubberized coating for tracks. Really? Yeah. Wow. So your shoes, it, you know, if they can't be donated to, let's say, Goodwill, whatever else, think about Shoei Hunger. They can still utilize it. You know, even if they get cents on, you know, the pound, uh, they can still utilize it to, to feed people. So... You know, there's uh, there's always a way to give back, and uh, you'll be amazed at, at actually how much you have around you that can give back. That's awesome. If you start looking. That's so awesome. Thanks so much for that information. Um, I'll uh, definitely uh, get that information, the website, and uh, make it available. Um, you know, when I post the uh, replay of the show. Um, know that we're here i'm here every saturday at 10 a.m milton i want to thank you so much for being here dude thanks for my gifts because yeah those are going to be used uh yeah 
and we're gonna have to talk a little bit more about you know your plans yeah. i'd love yeah. to hear well, you know, more love, information love to come back sometime you, if you'll, you will let me you definitely let me will <laughs> anyway thank you all so much for tuning in um as always um as i end every show i, I want to encourage you never to let anyone tell you what type of foodie to be because really it is all about the food and until next time folks peace <laughs>